guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Fight the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of the SRP. I'm fired up. It's U.S. Open week. Here, as always, with my compadres, Curry. But let's start with Gibber. Gibber, what's happening, buddy? Not much, boys. Not much. Not much. Happy to be back at it with the boys. Haven't said that in a while. I had to throw it back in. But uh, not going to lie, I'm a little, little bit sour lately. Mother Nature hasn't been on Gibber's side. I've had a couple games lined up, some real good ones to get out there with the boys. And uh, we've got rained out two weeks in a row. So Gibber hasn't touched the clubs in a little while. Uh, and rolling into our match, me and Simo got a little match planned for tomorrow. So the, the swing's probably going to feel like a bag of bricks, and Simo's going to beat me 7-6 and six is probably what's going to happen. Um, give but... yourself more credit than that, Giver. Come on, buddy. <laughs> you just beat him. You beat him in a 100-hole match, and you fired six under at the par three. You're ready to go, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I hope so. So uh, we'll see which way it goes off the first tee. If I hit it left, we're in for a good one. If I hit it right, we're in for a bad one. But anyways, we're I disagree with that today. statement. You hit it right last time, and you were great. So That's anyways, true. Rixie, let's go to you, my you, friend. You How can are hook you? it around those trees on the second. Uh, what's happening, boys? Uh, I'm excited to be talking golf with you guys again, for sure. We had a, a pretty jam-packed week as far as storylines went for the Safeway Open. I'll get to my own game first. I'm playing okay-ish. Uh, it all depends on the driver, uh, but I'm going to shoot a really low one tonight. Probably only play nine holes because we're running out of daylight, unfortunately, for the for my playing partners that play after work, unfortunately. Uh, but we had the Safeway tournament uh, in Napa, Napa Valley, I guess it's in California. We saw some uh, some pictures of the guys posting with uh, the four spiders with all the smoke. It was a pretty pretty weird scene to see on a golf course, and then you kind of realize what's happening in the world and when it's. Uh, when you're not just on a PGA tour event and their force fires are raging and hopefully it doesn't take down any golf courses in California, but uh, we got a great winner and a very popular winner in Stuart sink. He hasn't won for, I would say whew, 11 eight, years, 11 years, 2009, I guess it was obviously uh, everyone's familiar with the open championship win, not a very popular one either, but uh, everyone <laughs> seems to love Stuart sink. And, uh, and it was nice to see his family on the bag. His son was catting for him. What do you guys think about uh, Stuart sink taking it over? Poor Stewie Sink. Eh? Every time he wins, there's always a storyline going on. Tom Watson before this week, my boy, Harry Higgs, one of my new favorite golfers on tour, deep V, body of an absolute diamond. Like, love the He's guy. a weapon. He's chisel. <laughs> Same personality as uh, Tom Watson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Him, him coming down the stretch with this little thing in his lip and the shirt he's got on. I love them. But you know what? Good for Stuart Sink. Sinky's one of those guys where he's just one of those wily veterans where when he has a chance, he always closes it out. If he's there, he closes it out. And that's a sign of a good golfer and good for him. And that's why he's been on tour for all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was happy to see Stewie win. Um, I think we should import the music for the golf boys there to give uh, give those boys a little bit more <laughs> love. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Harry, his style is impeccable. Um, not only with with what you guys said, but then he rocks the rocks like the Ray Bands when he's playing. He, it's just like he's out there. He just does not care at 
all. And then, you know, when you have that kind of swagger, you make deuces on par fives. That's just how it goes. Uh, it's just, True. I guess, you know what? You know what I'm doing tomorrow, Colin? I'm showing up. I'm looking like Harry Higgs, and I'm going to make a deuce on uh, let's just go number seven. If you Harry look like Harry Higgs, Harry Higgs, Higgs, Higgs is a better style than you. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, um, I'm going to live it was kind feed of a, the whole round if you dress like him. <laughs> it was kind of his coming out party. And you know what? Uh, the PGA Tour needs personality like that. And I think it's a great thing as far as uh, a guy like that contending. He's got tons of game, too. He'll be sticking around for a while because we've seen him on a few leaderboards. The Safeway was kind of his, uh, like I said, his coming out party. Uh, if you watch Stuart Singh come down the stretch, so that guy barely missed a shot. He was using a little bit yeah. different equipment and stuff like that. It's, it's He seemed really comfortable over the ball, and he was he deserved to win that tournament. He went out and, went, uh, and won that one. Um, we also had quite a few storylines with the Canadians, so I don't know who you guys want to talk with. Maybe Giver, you could start with Gliggs. Yeah, I was I was pumped to see Gliggs. Uh, T14, uh that's definitely his best PGA Tour finish ever. Uh, 15 deep. Uh, had some shades of brilliance in there. Made a big bird, I want to say, on Thursday. Uh, but, yeah, his game is definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, and he's going to, you know, in my opinion, he's going to have a, a whole pile more those weeks to come. He's going to keep climbing leaderboards. And everyone's going to start understanding who Michael Gligic is. And he, he's got swagger. His caddy is absolutely hilarious, too. Uh, but yeah, congrats, Gliggs, on an awesome week, and looking forward to more more to come on that. Uh, I will yeah, say for, real oh, real quick, I'll, I'll type in on Gliggs that people don't know Gliggs. Gliggs is one at every level, but he's one of those players where when he starts to get a little bit of confidence and get and gets hot, he rides that wave. So look for some good finishes to come in the next few weeks, and he may be on a few little sleeper tickets coming up for sure. Love it. Uh, uh, David Hearn also played very well. We'll skip him because he's yet to interview with us and it seems like all the other Canadians have. So if uh, Hearn, you're <laughs> listening, well, we'd love to get you on. And we also saw Graham Dillette make his return to the PGA Tour first event probably in over, I would say, a year. Um, he suffered some injuries, uh, suff- suffered some short game anxiety. I think that's why he pulled out a, a while ago. And then uh, uh, we saw him chipping with one hand. So what was your guys' reaction to that? I know it it floated around our group chat for a little bit. And uh, what do you think going forward for GD? You know, I, I was I loved to see him back in uh, back in the mix. Uh, disappointed to see him miss the cut. But I had a you know I, I thought about the one handed chip a little bit more um we have it's not the first time we've seen some really interesting things in terms of chipping technique it's not like that was a tough lie he had and he chipped it to like two inches and then he went up and tapped it in with the wedge so i don't know if it's just something he's gotten really good at or if he's still struggling with those yips um but it was like it was an awesome golf shot just like landed like an absolute wet noodle and just released out so i don't know what do you think simo I, I can promise you one thing. If he was playing in the U.S. Open this week, he'd be not. He would not be jibbing with one hand. That's exactly yeah. what just ran through my head as well, Simo. Um, so to me, there's some demons there, which is unfortunate. But we were kind of familiar with that. Um, my earlier recommendation is maybe chipping with your hands apart, like a baseball grip, maybe an inch and a half, so the camera doesn't maybe pick it up as easy. Um, but we know the ability uh, for Graham to let, and we're going to be cheering for him going forward. It's nice to see him in an event and uh, and play some golf. You know what I mean? It's it's good get the get the toes wet again and off he goes um also probably a bigger storyline than the pga tour is we had a major championship on the lpga tour the ana inspiration went to uh went to a playoff a three-woman playoff and our eventual winner was maram lee uh she buried the first playoff hole to take down our our girl brooke henderson and uh nelly corda um 
I know there's some controversies over a grandstand here and there, but what do you guys think about that event and that uh, that fake pond that they have to jump into that's like dyed a weird color blue? I, I'm a bigger fan of when they used to jump into the actual pond just because, you know, you're jumping in a pond, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, but I'm going to give the caddy a 10 out of 10 on the belly flop. That was just executed perfectly, and he didn't hold back. He got in there first, and I was happy to see that. But, uh, yeah, you know, awesome week for Brooke. Would have loved to see her get the, the dub in the playoff there. But, you know, I think had she have came on the, the pod last week, she would have got the SRP bump and been uh, a two-time major champion. So, Brooke, you know what's next for you, SRP. Uh, we're coming for you. But uh, what do you She's so far above us. She's like a global superstar. <laughs> She's kind Brooke's of she loves awesome. Us. She Brooke's loves awesome. <laughs> we love Brooke. But yeah. you know what? I will say, like, first of all, I watched more of the LPGA this weekend than I did the PGA. Uh, yeah. I thought it was awesome event. Brooke played fantastic golf. Same with the, I mean, needless to say, all of them played well. And Miriam Lee, congratulations. But Nellie Corda, like what a player she is and what a swing. And I know there was some controversy on the 18th hole of Miriam smashing into the back. But guess what? So did Brooke. It was there for all the players. And when you're kind of in that position, you know what? If it's there, I'm probably playing that same shot too. I do not fault her. I do not fault. I fault the LPGA setup for having that there. But uh, you and know they what? did it on purpose, which is of course they did. Of yeah. course they did. It's there. I'm not going to complain about it. I, I don't think anyone's crying about it. Yeah, I see. I didn't know. I saw JT's post online about it costing Nelly a major. I didn't. I thought it was like in front of the green, and it was like they had to hit over a wall coming into the green on 18. I didn't realize it was behind the green. Uh, so if it's there for everyone, you know, it's it's an obstacle. Everyone has the same chance of keeping their ball in play, or you know what have you. But uh, we we can fact check this. But uh, Nelly Corda, a little fun fact on her. I believe she fired her caddy mid round once. I, I'm gonna have to dig up the video. I, I think you're right here. Yeah, she's also gonna, never won in North America. No, wow. no, I know. Yeah, she's three and, in the world too. Yeah, and just for some reason, I, I remember uh, like a video going viral on in 2013. Instagram. You're right. Fired a caddy. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked, and then, that's fucked then her up. Her boyfriend grabs the bag for the last nine holes. <laughs> Bye, Byron. A. Well, you're fired. You know how awkward that conversation would be? Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. Um, That's awesome. We hope to see you, obviously, Brooke in the winner's circle every single time she tees it up. So we'll continue to root for her. Uh, Moving on very quickly, let's just talk about the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Curtis Thompson, we're about to interview him in the next – that will come out next Wednesday. Um, And uh, Matt Hill got in the field through a Monday qualifying 64. So uh, what do you you guys feel about Matt Hill getting in? And uh, we'll obviously talk to Curtis Thompson in the future and ask him about that win. Congratulations to Matt Hill. I mean, eight under 64 anytime on a Monday qualifier. That's what you need to fire. Uh, I think he played pretty decent in the event. I've always said, and I've said it to you guys, I feel his game suits the PGA Tour far better than it suits the Corn Ferry Tour. You need to make a bunch of birdies on the Corn Ferry Tour. Matt's game fits more of like a U.S. Open style event where around even par, he's going to have a better chance of winning because he's a grinder. But uh, congrats to Curtis. We're looking forward to talking to him. But uh, yeah, pretty decent event. Happy for everyone. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more about Matty uh, suiting the, the PJ Tour. I think in 36 holes, he was one under and made three birdies, uh, one bogey or two bogeys, and like 
31 pars, like something mm-hmm. crazy. He just pars the death of the golf course. He, it just shows he keeps in play. If he gets that putter hot, just like I think when he was on, he said if he could combine his game with uh, with Spenny's putting, uh, he would be a major champion. <laughs> All righty, let's get to our, our interview today. It's a, with uh, Brett Druitt, your 2020 Lincoln Land Championship at Panther Creek Golf Course in Springfield, Illinois. That was, uh, I guess, a week and a half ago on the Corn Ferry Tour now. Uh, We're looking forward to this interview. And also, stick around after. We're going to have our U.S. Open preview at Winged Foot Golf Club. Hell of a track, boys, and I can't wait to preview it. Uh, So stick around for that after. Mr. Huff, Mr. Giener is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another interview here on the SRP. Today on the show is the Inverell native and Corn Ferry Tour member, Brett Druitt. Two weeks ago, you would have seen Brett won for the first time on the Corn Ferry Tour by capturing the Lincoln Land Championship in impressive fashion. But guess what? Enough about golf. Let's talk about some things you may not know about Brett. All right. Brett is a massive James Bond fan. So much so, after every putt, you can see him muttering, Bon Appetit. His favorite sporting event he ever attended was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Chicago Blackhawks and Detroit Red Wings. We love that. Not a bad one to watch. Oh, you tell me. We'll talk about that one later. (laughs) (laughs) He's a massive cricket fan and one day dreams of being featured on Forbes magazine by building a fortune selling niche lawn care products. He is none other than Brett, the Tasmanian devil, Druid. Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. That was quite the intro right there. <laughs> I always yeah. enjoy those ones. And the one thing that stands out to me is, uh, is uh, just a week and a half ago, you notched your first uh, Corn Ferry Tour uh, win at the Lincoln Land in, uh, in Springfield, Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what was what winning that tournament like? And maybe talk your way through that final round. Oh, it was huge. Huge for my confidence, obviously huge for my career. It hasn't, hasn't been a, a great year. To be honest, I've had two top tens and an eleventh, but I've I'd only made six cuts up until then, so it was very up and down. Um, but you know, going through the through that final round, I kind of I kind of knew it was going to happen. It was it was just a, it had a weird feeling. Um, I was playing really good. I was hitting the ball really good. Um, yeah, I've nearly everyone that talks to me, I tell them that I I finished the ball on the fat side of the pin, like 67 of 72 times or something that way. Whether, whether I missed the green or, you know, hit the green, I, I wasn't struggling too much for, um, for par. And, you know, so I was just, I was kind of getting my ball around the golf course really well. And yeah, it's just, I kind of just knew if the putts went in, I was going to have a really good chance. And after shooting nine under on Friday, obviously the confidence was high. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say. So, yeah, and then that, that was pretty much it. And then obviously I knew where I was sitting coming down the the last couple of holes. I knew I had a two-shot lead with four to go. And then I made that bogey. And I didn't birdie the par five after that. And I had a, a tough par three. With, you know, it was a four iron in into there. And then... Number nine was playing in off the right. It was pretty long, a tough pin in the back right. I knew that 
I, I knew it was going to be hard for someone to make a birdie down that hole. And then when I saw the guy in front of me, Harry Hall, miss a putt, obviously we don't have leaderboards or anything out there, but we can look at our phone. And I said to my caddy, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that's a really good shot if he missed that for birdie. Um, let's just, you know, let's have a look and see if he made par or birdie or if he, sorry, if he made par or bogey. And we looked and saw that that putt was for par. So I, I knew all I needed was a par and I'd have a chance of winning if, unless the guy behind me made birdie. And I hit a, instead of hitting a four iron and taking on the pin, I hit five iron to the middle of the green, left myself about 55 feet and I two putted. And yeah. Not an easy two putted given the circumstances either. <laughs> given the guy in front of me hit it you know, 10 feet past and I was like, well, that didn't really help me. <laughs> would have been nice if you just cozied that up there and i got a good look at the speed but he uh, then i left it you know five or six feet short and you know hold the putt which was yeah it was nice it was a, a lot of relief in that knowing that at least i was gonna, probably going to be at a playoff if not winning it outright that, that's that awesome was, like that was interesting you said you you're you're on the phone um that that's something i i haven't heard much of like so during the round how much are you guys looking to the leaderboard i i never thought of it from that perspective so my was looking at it without me knowing and mm-hmm. i knew he was doing it like he just had his phone in his pocket he'd look at the scores and then when we when we got on number 10 we teed off he's like do you want to know where you're at Right, and I was like, "No, oh, no, let's not worry about." It. And then, like, two seconds later, I'm like, "Hey, why not? <laughs> like, I got nine holes to go. Why not know where we're at?" And he goes, yeah. "Um, you're tied for the lead." I was like, "Okay." And then I hit it in there to about 15 feet, hold the putt, and I go, "Okay, I'm pretty sure I'm leading now." Um, <laughs> but then I, then on the on the end of after 11, I just pulled the, my phone out and I had a quick look at it, um, and I saw that Dawson Armstrong had gone. 38, 39, birdie 10, hold his second shot on 11, birdie 12, and birdie 13. And now he's... Wow, oh, he smokes. Yeah, now, and then he was tied with me because he just birdied 13 when I looked at it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. We're, obviously, I didn't even know he was in contention. Um, and then he bogeyed 15 and dropped back one, and I made two birdies right after that. So that's I knew I was up on him. And it was... And yeah, I didn't look at the phone after 11 until 18. Wow. So, cool. yeah, and just to, just to let you know, I think it is a new newer rule without the leaderboards or um, and stuff like that. The LPGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour are both allowing phones for checking leaderboards. Um, but uh, so so you talk about uh, being on your game or like you knew after the nine under um, on Friday that uh, that you were feeling and you had a chance maybe at the tournament. What uh, determines you being on your game with your golf swing compared to you maybe not feeling a hundred percent with uh, with maybe a few missed cuts or something like that? What was the difference? I think mentally, to be honest, um, yeah. I've even when I've made the cuts, I've been floating around the cut line a lot, and there's a lot of pressure on you when you're floating around the cut line. You, you you you're not meant to be, but you're more thinking about that number than you are thinking about moving up into you know towards the leaders. And I, for some reason, I just I went out and I was. You know, I, I was calm. Like I was swinging the club well, and I've been swinging the club well all year. Um, I have got a new coach. I started working with um, a year and a half, or nearly nearly two years ago, and I think it's just all finally coming together. And um, 
I was trusting trusting it a lot better and I was hitting my targets and I was playing a little safer. So I wasn't putting pressure on myself to, to get up and down and that kind of stuff. But I hold a good putt for birdie on 11 on that Friday. And then I birdied 12 and I was just short of the green on 13, the par five. And I hit a really poor pitch shot and I had about 15 feet for birdie. And when I hold that putt, I kind of knew, I'm like, we can do something today because I was far enough ahead of the cut line. Like, I knew the cut was going to be somewhere around four or five under or whatever. So that put me about three inside that what was projected to be. And then I had par fives coming up. I hit a good shot into a par four, made birdie. Then I had a par five coming up. So I birdied that. All of a sudden, I'm five under through seven. And then I made a good good birdie. Yeah. And then I made a... (laughs) I, I don't really know what that good... feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue on. I, I haven't, I haven't had that feeling in a while too. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I birdied seventeen to get the six under through eight, and it was just, you know, cruising from there. I, I hold like a forty footer for birdie on one when I made the turn. And then I missed a couple of, to be honest, makeable chances like around ten, fifteen feet, and then. Yeah, made two more birdies coming home and shot nine, and it was just a, it was just a good feeling to be honest. It's like you know, well, I'm not fighting for the cut for once. Like this is, yeah, it's nice, and I'm actually at the top of the leaderboard. So I kind of use that to calm myself down and say, let's take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously I did. That's and awesome. Now, uh, now looking forward, yeah. sorry called you if you don't mind me but in looking forward as far as like exemptions and stuff goes uh we know like the the top five guys so there's a couple wins early gone the u.s open and stuff like that for you how does that set up the rest of your year and possibly next year because obviously you have uh permanent status which you had previously but uh is there any potential for uh pga tour starts in there because top 25 is looking fairly likely going into 2021 yeah so they've taken the top 25s done right and then after the tour like they're not giving out any cards, but after the tour championship, which, you know, silly me won one week too late. Um, <laughs> a win's they, a win. Yeah. The, the top 10 got um, kind of like a temporary membership on the PG tour where they get into Puerto Rico, Bermuda, like all those opposite field events. They gave out top five from the regular season, got a US Open spot this week. And then the three events starting Boise through the Tour Championship, those playoff events, that normally the top 25 from that would get your Tour card, they just gave out another five spots to the US Open. So technically, I don't... Yeah, so there's 10 guys playing the US Open this week uh, from our Tour. And I would have had that if I won one week earlier, um, Mm -hmm. which would have made the US Open my 15th week in a row. (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah, so I won on my 13th week in a row. Wow, you need to play your way into form. I found my magic number. Hey, what can I say? (laughs) Like a Um, Sung Jae M almost. They're just living in the back of the vehicle. Yeah, you know, I'm the Australian version. (laughs) For people who don't know your game, right? People may not have seen you because you're playing the Corn Ferry Tour. You're not on TV all the time. If you were to describe your game to everyone watching, say in one word, how would you describe your game? I'd love to say boring. (laughs) <laughs> okay that's good um, i wish my game was like that <laughs> yours no, is uh, normally isn't boring normally <laughs> it's been i've you know, been a really good driver of the golf ball um 
hit a lot of greens and it depends how close I hit it or whether I make putts or what score I shoot. Um, so yeah, normally like when I, when I got on tour in 2000 for the 16, 17 season, I led ball striking on the, on the web.com tour. So yeah, I've been a a good ball striker. Um, mainly I've obviously tried to tidy up some things on the, um, with the putter and, and that, but like, I'd love to say boring, but you know, I, I can't exactly like there's words that I would say that I can't because I, I haven't been consistent this year, but mm. normally I am consistent. Um, but I think a lot of that has come down to the fact that, you know, I've changed coaches. I've been yeah. working on my game, you know, changing a couple of things in my setup and, and that, that, that's probably caused a little bit more of the inconsistency than um, that I have now. And now I've got a new driver too that I actually like better as well. We'll, than you. we'll get to the equipment talk in a, a little bit later <laughs> on in the interview. Uh, yeah. Call, if I were to describe his uh, game in one uh, numerical donation or denomination, it would be 1.36 uh, uh, mil. That's how I'd describe that game. So <laughs> definitely consistent and boring if those are the adjectives you want to well, use. Well, I, I wish it was that. Well, on the PGA Tour website, that's what it says. Career <laughs> earnings, I think oh, Harry's going with. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not, no, it's not that much. Oh, okay, well, maybe inflation. Maybe it's in Canadian dollars. Maybe you got to go maybe back it is. for some more. Yeah, maybe I do. Okay. But, uh, I just want to take one step back. You mentioned, um, you said they gave another five spots uh, to, to guys into the U.S. Open as opposed to getting tour cards. How do you feel about that? Would you rather get a spot in the U.S. Open or a PGA Tour card? Obviously, I'd like to get a PGA Tour card because it gives you, you know, the whole year to, to you know, to play rather than just one week. I played in the U.S. Open last year at Pebble. Mm-hmm. I've kind of knocked that off the list right now. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, we all we all knew that it was going to be hard to how they were going to work out these seasons because the reason no one's going up to the PGA Tour is because no one's coming down, um, yeah. you know. So they, it's it, you can't add people to the PGA Tour unless you're going to take people off there. So everyone out there kept their tour card, uh, didn't matter where they finished. Whereas you know, so us Corn Ferry guys, we're just we're stuck playing out here trying to get into the top 25 at the end of next next year mm-hmm. to get our card that way um but uh, there's also the three win promotion is still up for grabs i'm one yeah. win close to that yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> which is more than a yeah. lot of people yeah so um at least there's, there's there's motivation out there for us to get to the pj tour quicker than the top 25 okay so, and and just playing devil's advocate, would you rather be in the position you are right now as a as a potential to like get your three win exemption and uh, and work your way through the Corn Ferry Tour that way, or be struggling for starts on the PGA Tour and being back and forth? Probably where I am right now. Okay, yeah, I was just curious because a lot of times, like though, especially once the the PGA Tour resumed, those fields were extremely deep, and there was a lot of backlog heading. Yeah. I mean, I we look at the, uh, I mean, us three, we follow the Corn Ferry Tour pretty close, and we look at those leaderboards, and sometimes you can mistake it for like, let's say, a 2018 off-field event, let's say when the Open Championships going on. So, yeah, um, there obviously is a lot of backlog, so you're in a good yeah, position, I, obviously. I I think the fact that I you know. 
because I've won and I have the full like the full status. Like oh, I had full status, but mm-hmm. I was still subject to all the reshuffles that are coming up, right? And yeah, yeah. Thank I've had a, a decent year. I was seventy three on the on the points list at the time when I won, but still, there's nothing to say that I was I might have gone out and then missed seven cuts in a row again, and all of a sudden now I'm thinking about you know the reshuffle. In, or thinking about getting inside the top 75 to get to the finals next year to try and get my tour card that way, rather than now I, I know I'm in every event, I'm, gonna, I'm inside the 25. So, you know, now the goal is, hey, let's stay there. Let's, yeah. let's go that way. Let, let's, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to go out and try and win every event. You know, obviously we're all trying to do that, but <laughs> it's... My my goal is to just go out and play the best golf that Brett Jurett can play. And yeah. at the end of the week, like I did in Springfield, if I'm holding the trophy, I'm holding the trophy. But at least I can say I played my best golf and maybe someone just beat me and played better. Or Yeah, I love so that. I think that's the way I'm just going to go about it. Like even in, even in Chicago last week, I was absolutely tanked on Thursday. Like I, I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning, play at 7.30, and it was it had been raining it was muddy like you know it's like walking on sand for five hours mm-hmm. and trying to swing a golf club at the same time and i the last three holes i just i said to my caddy i go dude i, go, I got no legs right now like I, I, there's nothing in my swing with legs and i just i managed to make three pars coming home and like you know i got in the house at three over and i'm like i, I don't know what i'm gonna do to be ready to go tomorrow but my caddy is like a ex rugby player. Okay. He played played rugby sevens for Scotland. He has no uh, sympathy for you at all when you're talking <laughs> about like, your legs. Well, <laughs> he does because he he felt the when the first time he caddied for me, he coming down the 18th hole. This is a couple of years ago. He goes, "Dude, man, I'm." He goes, "I'm done." <laughs> I don't know how people carry this bag. Like it was 100 degrees, hot and humid in Springfield, Missouri. And he goes, dude, he goes, I'd take a rugby game over this day. <laughs> are these, he's walking are down, these he's rocks like, in your bag? <laughs> Can we shed like seven clubs and like half these balls? Yeah. No, that's, I'm like, dude, you're, you know, you're ripped, you're jacked, man. You should be able to do this. It's a completely different level of... Um, you know, of stamina, I guess you could say. But yeah, and then I, I just, dude, I, we did ice bath, we did everything. I took a nap on Thursday afternoon, and I, I got up Friday morning, and I felt like a new human. And I kind of just knew that I was gonna make the cut. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know where it was gonna be at. Like I didn't, like I thought maybe one over would make the cut, and then, and then it went to two, two. Oh, sorry, one under. And then it went to two under, and I'm like. Like five under, I can. You know, I'm playing well. I just I was, I was four under at the turn. I'm make a couple coming home, and then all of a sudden it went to three, and I missed a five footer for birdie on my 17th hole to get to oh. three. So I had to birdie the last. Yeah, birdie the last to get to three and make it. But it was still flickering between three and two. But I just knew I was going to make the cut. It was like, and then right. I had this, you know, because I just had confidence rolling, and I was still there, you know pretty calm just you know i knew it was going to happen knew it was going to happen and then 
played good on the weekend as well. Just didn't get any putts to go on Sunday. And, and so the well, listeners and know reference. he had a couple yeah. clean 66 on uh, Friday and Saturday. So yeah, yeah, T16. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for coming. Uh, let, let's hit the rewind button big time here because uh, I, I, we need to talk about that event, and that was actually fascinating to hear. But uh, you're our first Australian guest, and we I want to hear what uh, what got you into the game and uh, and what junior golf is like in Australia compared to maybe your idea of golf in North America. So I grew up in a small country town called Inverell. Uh, it's like ten to 12,000 population. Um, mm-hmm. So we only have one golf course and I started playing golf. I was more into cricket when I was like, started playing cricket when I was four. Um, well, I guess before that, but junior cricket. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was seven, my dad put a golf club in my hand and um, you know, I was go out to the range with him and do all that. And just, I just kind of got hooked, but I was still so big in cricket. Like I, I, I didn't, I still wanted to, Open the batting for Australia in a Boxing Day test at Melbourne in the Ashes when I was 16 years old. Right. Okay. But I chose to pursue golf because at the time when I was thinking about it, is there's kind of like less politics in golf. You like if you shoot 68, you shoot 68. You don't, if that's good enough for you to win, you win. But if you're in a team environment, you don't get selected in the team or, you know, cricket's. It's like it's like baseball, I guess. Like you hit a ball up in the air, and the guy drops it, and you get to first base. But you know, you could be the guy that hits it up in the air, and you get caught. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's you're relying on other people. Whereas yeah. out here, you can hit out of bounds on the first hole and still shoot sixty six. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. That's you, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hit it OB on the first hole. You can chalk that in for at least an eighty-five. <laughs> just a steady 85 right? oh yeah like and i i'm happy with that because it could be worse <laughs> the way you talk about the politics quickly about cricket it's like almost like a canadian hockey though in the, in a similar yeah. way as far as and, making teams and having opportunities um there's a lot there's a lot being picked on like let's say minor hockey coaches in canada that determine how far you go in hockey rather than yourself going out there and, and playing well in a junior tournament right you could just blame the conditions but at the end of the day you're playing the golf course yeah, 100%. Yeah, you 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 you're just playing against yourself. There's other people playing, but you determine where you get um in golf, you know. You you let the clubs do the talking whereas, you know, the hockey stick does the talking doesn't exactly get you picked. No, absolutely. It not. gets your chances better, but, you know, doesn't get you picked. So mm-hmm. you still have to rely on the coaches and that to hey, they might not like you and they just go, "Hey, we don't want freaking Brett Drewitt playing hockey for us." you don't want that anyway but anyway so you grow those handlebars out and then they're like we want them on our team yeah yeah i'll I'll just be the one laying down in the middle of the rink great playoff beer guy and uh and and what was uh what was the condition of your golf course and like you came from a small a small town like maybe uh maybe describe what the conditions were like in australia because we're only exposed to like the major ones yeah it's like it's decent um (laughs) rough around the edges country town um Greens were pretty good uh, when they mowed them. They got pretty quick. Um, once a month. Once or twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was like, yeah, a little tree-lined, uh, a lot of kangaroos around. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just a, a country golf course, you know, oh, yeah. not, not anything flash. Um, but yeah, just, just rough around the edges. 
So, so coming from such a small town and like you said, the 10 to 12,000 people, at what point when, you know, you're playing and, you know, you and your, your family are just like, okay, maybe professional golf is a realistic expectation now. And when did that kind of switch for you to say, okay, let's make a, make a run at this. So when, when I turned 16, I got a, a guy in Sydney, uh, at a golf course called Long Reef. He called me and He's like, hey, we, we'd really like you to come and play junior pennants for us. Um, so that's where I took an inter-club kind of deal um, in Sydney. Go again, play against the, the Australian New South Wales Golf Club, while Sydney, all that. You play all those clubs. and Well, that was a huge commitment because it was through the summer, which is cricket season. So, uh, and, the matches, and the matches are on Sunday. So now I have to make it like... And I'd have to drive seven and a half hours to Sydney just to play these. So my, I sat down with my dad and we talked and we're like, hey, golf is probably, I've probably got more chance at golf than I do at the cricket. Um, so let's, let's give it a go. So I didn't play cricket that year. I played golf. Dad would finish work on Friday at like five o'clock. We would jump in the car, drive to Sydney, get there at midnight, um, play wow. golf. We'd play in the members comp on Saturday and then play pennants on Sunday morning for the team and then uh, drive home as soon as that's over and get home Sunday night, you know, anywhere between 8 and 12 o'clock at night. So, wow. And then I'd go to school and Dad would go to work. So that's what, that's, that, was, that was our weekends for – actually, to be honest, that was our weekends for – a good two to three years wow, uh, during the summertime. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's Thankfully awesome. it wasn't every week of the year, but in the summertime. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. So that's, and that's when I started and that's when I started getting seen more because once you get to Sydney, you get to the big areas, you start getting seen. And then, uh, I got selected in the new South Wales, uh, Colts team, new South Wales men's golf team. And then just went from there. Cool. How's your old man's cool. golf game? It was pretty good, but he hasn't played much lately. And <laughs> me playing golf, um, he, he took a step back and um, you know did everything he could for me to do what I love. Yeah. Um, but when he gets out to play, he's, he, he probably he could shoot in the seventies for sure. Okay. He's too busy watching yeah. you win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a long time. A long, long time hour. between wins, but yeah. <laughs> how well, often I, does he come? Uh, how often does he come watch you play? Obviously, like right now, it's not he, very difficult, but like regularly. He's only been over here once, so oh, he well, came wow. out. He came out. He actually came out and caddied for me last year in Colorado. Nice. Um, obviously, we had the little baby, and we. I took a week off. They came out, and we spent time in Colorado with my wife and her family, and then. We went up to the tournament, and Dad caddied for me there. Um, just, I just thought it would be a really cool thing for him to caddy in a Corn Ferry event, and and yeah, we had we had a great time. But that's the, I think the time before that would have been 2016 in the Australian PGA. Wow, oh, that's so, awesome! Wow. And, and for the listeners who don't know, your win came on Australian Father's Day, if I am correct. Yes, it did. Which is yeah. that? That's very cool. Kind of full circle for you. Give her yeah. a nice recon, buddy. Holy smokes! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps. My my cousins are Australian as well. 
<laughs> what are the chances of you getting an Australian Open or like maybe trying to get exemption for Australian Open now that you've won on the Corn Ferry Tour? Is that a likely thing that you could uh, maybe notch in the calendar for the next couple of years coming up that, hey, I can go home once a year and play in the, their uh, their Open Championship? I I really want to go home and play in it. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd love to. I, I, I played one Australian Open in 2010. I qualified as an amateur. And then... Cool. Um, when I turned pro in 2013, I played in the Australian PGA and the Australian Masters, mm-hmm. but I missed out on qualifying for the Australian Open, so I didn't play it, and I haven't played one since, but I, when I was on tour in 2016, I, uh, I had a chance to go back, but I just, I just couldn't make it work. I had the sponsor exemption all set up, but I just didn't think it would be good for me to fly from America on Monday, get in Wednesday, tee it up Thursday. No, because it, it, I just I didn't think I would talk about no, no legs. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, feels like uh, I'm walking but, in sand. Yeah, so so I just I just I said I turned down the sponsor invite. I said, look, guys, you you're probably better to give it to someone else because I just won't be able to make it there in, oh, it, to be able to compete. Like, I don't want to take a sponsor invite just to do it. I I want to be able to compete, and I didn't feel like I would have been able to compete. So obviously I flew back and I played in the Australian PGA the week after I had a sponsor invite into that one. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to play in the Australian Open and, you know, I've watched my buddy Matt Jones, um, you know, win He's one of my favorites. Yeah. So um, I want to definitely want to get back and try and get my hands on that Stonehaven Cup at some point. I love it. Well, we're pushing for it. We have absolutely (laughs) zero pull. Uh, zero pull, but hey, that's about the same as me to be honest <laughs> <laughs> not anymore not as two weeks ago yeah. let's get into our segments call we went yeah off brett we're gonna we're gonna get into our first segment here this is uh what's your handicap uh Kari's gonna play a little intro music and then we'll uh, explain it for you all right yeah. all right What is your handicap? All right, Brett. Uh, welcome to What's Your Handicap. The way we explain this segment is golf's a unique game, right? Like, depending on what someone's wearing, the clubs that they have in their bag, how they hold their bag, you can just look at someone and know kind of an idea of what their handicap is, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this segment is, we're going to go in rotation here. We're all going to explain a, a scenario and you have to give us, uh, what that person's handicap would be or above. So that, that guy's a 10 plus, okay. or he could be a low handicap. Uh, once the segment's over, we're going to go two each, then we're going to put you on the spot and you got to come up with one for us. Sound good. Okay. All right. Gibber. All right. Fire so, one. so my first one here. So first hole, Buddy knocks it on the green. When you, you both get up there, he looks at you and goes, hey, auto two-putt first green, eh? Oh, I've heard of the auto two-putt before. <laughs> What's yeah. this guy's handicap? He's, he's definitely an 18-plus. <laughs> oh, gentle. <laughs> Love Very him. gentle. We and actually I, I should, recently... should, have, should have said he was maybe one inch onto the green. like hitting like a nice little worm burner up there. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, when the you got no warm-ups, the auto two-putts to start the day when you don't know how the greens are is like it's a clutch move. <laughs> it's, clutch. Hey, it's, a, it's a great move. Definitely beat a lot of greens. 
Exactly. <laughs> it combos with the breakfast ball ace, so no matter on the first ball, you just automatically get par. Like, no matter what 100%. You do. From now on, I'm just going to say breakfast ball, auto two putt, I'll start on two. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't have to to hit a shot. That was fantastic. 18 Uh, awfully generous. Just take a shot. Just take a shot and say I do one. (laughs) Yeah. We found out uh, actually this week that the official handicap system goes up to 54 now. So that's our our limit for what's your handicap, which is crazy. There's got to be a time limit associated with that as well. Let's uh, let's see where this next one's going to be a 54 plus. <laughs> no, I, I try and keep mine somewhat low. But this player thinks their driver in three wood should be the same brand or match. Um, let's go two plus. Oh, lower okay, than I expected. This, right. Yeah, to me, it's like someone has to go like they go for a fitting, and they're like, "Okay, because my driver models the 2020 version, I need the 2023 wood as well." And yes. I think that's a little bit higher, in my opinion. But maybe uh-huh. Brett can explain himself why he said so, such a low handicap. He probably wants to keep things similar. I, I don't know. I guess he could have a three wood that he loves, but okay uh, i'm you... I, I, i'm one of the guys oh actually I yeah know. let we will pre we'll uh preface <laughs> uh wrench talk i think he's got an old uh, faithful in the bag on the three woods no lot. i got i got the new one but it's just a different brand than my driver <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah i really can't talk can i <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that could be like a i feel like that's either a really good player or a reverse sandbagger maybe yeah. maybe he's just like a 12 yeah, see, like it could, but it could be a really good player, or it could be someone who's yeah. a twelve, but he thinks he's like a two. He's like yeah. portraying himself as a better handicap than he exactly. is. Exactly. Sure. That was a stumper, actually. When I wrote it down, it's I'm like, tough. I don't even know what I would say to this. Maybe we'll give a range, a three to a twelve. I like that okay. range. There you there go. go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, third one. Hey, Brett. Here. Sorry uh, about that. They just pretty much uh, disagree with everything you said there. <laughs> well, we're allowed to argue too. We're allowed to argue too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking of a scenario in my head that's coming up. Oh, I love it. Don't worry. You'll get a chance here. Um, so this person, next one here, this person out of the car, throws the bag on his back, walks to the clubhouse, but he's carrying his bag oppo style. So the clubs are facing behind him and the bottom of the bag is in front of him. Okay, this is a tough one because I've seen a couple of guys out on the corn ferry do that. Uh, <laughs> really That could be professional to... You know, 54. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, Cole. I think it matters big time on what type of bag they're carrying. Uh, I think, I think it, yeah. Well, def- okay, if, it's, a, if go... it's a carry bag, if it's a carry bag, they have no idea. They yeah. could be, they, yeah. they could be. Two-star rapper, I agree. So, yeah. so I, I wanted to toss a little picture on our Instagram page after this from the the match with DJ Rory Wolf and Ricky. And DJ did it. it. DJ yeah. carried the stand bag, Oppo style. Clubs going back. <laughs> hey, does DJ do anything normal? No, no. <laughs> but I tell you what, he's one hell of a golfer. So <laughs> yeah, maybe I he can do what he that. wants. Yeah. Yeah. So, so call when we play tomorrow. I am carrying it Oppo style. I, I think the one thing I DJ did, he, he tossed a tour strap on that bag. Though he only yeah. had one going. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. There's no way DJ did that. It was definitely Austin saying you need to do this before you carry your bag backwards <laughs> on national TV. 100%. <laughs> hey, his brother's just sticking up for him. He's like, this bag's backwards? <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, all right. So my next one, I call this guy Mr. My Joy. Uh, so this guy, he's got the My Joys, but they got more colors on them than a kid's coloring book. 
custom. He's got, he's, got, so, he's got no idea. Yeah, he's got he's got two different logos. He's got you know the saddle is one, the underpaint's another color, the toe is white, the back is black, and these are just a rainbow. All right, well let's go between a six and a fourteen. Uh, that, and would, would you there. give an age range to this one? Ooh. Oh no, that's tough because he like he could be. I reckon he's either. Older. <laughs> right. Yes, he is. Uh, this guy is definitely 50 plus in. He I was going to say 45 to 55. So, okay. <laughs> That's a decent range. I like that. Oh, my next like one kind of like runs kind of beside that one, Gibber, is uh, where's golf shoes to watch a golf event? Like as a member of the gallery. Oh, Ooh. dear. 100% 10 plus, and I guarantee he's going to drink his hand. <laughs> yeah and, and he's, he's like, and, and, and he's 40 plus oh i love that Age that's wise. fantastic love it 100 i saw them last week in chicago <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome probably a big big aussie fan though so who knows we might like well he did he did clap for me when i teed off on the first so he may have been oh yeah that's huge <laughs> that's huge all right uh last one here of us so after nine Usually people go with like a turn dog or a burger or a ham sandwich. This person goes off board and goes with the tuna sandwich. Ooh. Sounds like me. Okay. <laughs> Thought it would maybe five, ruffle some feathers. Five, yeah, five plus five handicap is what he said. Yeah. Plus, plus, plus five. Plus seven. Not five plus. Yeah, sorry. I almost said that backwards there. That was bad. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good one, actually. That's probably let, let's go four to twelve. Nice single digits for the most Good part. Range. Yeah, and I'm gonna say he's um at least he's above thirty. Tuna's oh, <laughs> mature okay. choice. Yeah, I like that. I like <laughs> that. Wait wait you see tomorrow call. I'm hitting the tuna sandwich at the turn for sure. <laughs> and a Gatorade. And a Gatorade. <laughs> Take the Gatorade as well. <laughs> Gatorade, love it. You could throw right. one off if you threw a John Daly in there with that tuna sandwich, though. <laughs> no, that would, that's probably what they're doing, what I see. Um, all right, Brett, uh, we're putting you on the spot here. you got to come up with one for us, although there are some caveats to this, okay? Uh, iron head covers you cannot use. Uh, ball retriever in the bag and towel in the back pocket. Excluding those three, you can come up with one for us. Okay. Turns up with the same branded clothes on, short shirt, hat. The tour player style. Right. Takes three practice swings on the first tee, two minutes to hit it. <laughs> Backs off a couple of times. I'm, 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 I could feel, feel this one if you want. Are you well, one more? Look, he's got more. Hand. He's got more. One more. And he's got all the same clubs in the back. Okay. Oh. This is a this is a compound mineral here. So uh, you have to add up the handicap. So bear with me here. All the same brand golf clothing. Yeah, sure he looks good. He probably looks like a PGA Tour or a professional golfer, a Corn Ferry Tour player. But Always if you're in pants, turns up your pants. Yeah. If you're an amateur, if you're an amateur, you have to be above a five. Perfect. With me so far. Full practice swings, excluding the amount of practice swings. If you take a full practice swing outside <laughs> of anything with a wedge, that's like full speed. 
another six gets added to that handicap. So we're at 11. The fact that he took three of them is a multiplier by two. So we're at 22. And then if he has all the same clubs in the bag, I've never met a non-professional under an eight handicap with all the same clubs in the bag and the same, like, let's say, model or year. So I'm going 30 plus. It's that high. Yeah, he's definitely a 20 plus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is the guy that I would say turns up with all the gear, but no idea. <laughs> Parking lot pro. Someone told yeah. us that. And when, when he's pro. finished, Parking he puts lot. him in the Jaguar, slams the trunk, and goes home. <laughs> His guy and he comes back, and, and he comes back the next day. Yes, he does. <laughs> what time tomorrow, Loving guys? <laughs> Mr. Country Club. Uh, oh, I like that. Cole, did yeah. you have one? You, you, you're shocked my answer that high, but it has to be. You know what? My original thought on that when he was explaining it is I think this guy could be a seven handicap, seven, eight handicap, but he like so desperately wants to be a scratch. He's trying everything he can to make him look like that. Okay. Yes. You nailed that one. I feel like that's the guy. Okay. I was, I was going with double digit 10, but we can, we can go with seven. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Andrew, he takes two off his score every time he enters in the computer. Just so his handicap oh, yeah. just nudges down that little bit each year. I, yeah. I, I still like your your math there, Rick. That was yeah. good. I like the the, <laughs> the, the the double multiplier too. That was fantastic. But all right, give her all right, a little spice. All here. right, Brett. The last the last part of this segment we call judging the book by its cover. So you know absolutely nothing about us. Uh, you have to give us a handicap. Just by looking at our uh, our image on the screen here, and you gotta kind of try to describe how we get it around the track. <laughs> so, so we got uh, I'm Jack, yeah. right? right, Simo, and Kari. Let's start with Jack. All right. Obviously, your your first tee shot's not that great because you always have the <laughs> breakfast ball ready. <laughs> you want the auto two putt. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you I'm gonna say you're a bogey golfer. Ooh, yes. Oh, cool. nice. Fantastic. You probably make a few pars, with the most. but you throw in a few doubles and a couple of birdies here and there, maybe. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll take that. Where's my uh, miss? Both. Oh, Ooh, nice. Two sided miss. I nailed it. <laughs> that was good. You, Gibber, I thought the fact that you told me you guys played the same amateur tournament that like might have lowered it a little bit. No chance. He saw right through that. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that, actually. <laughs> oh, that's um, all right. Now, Kari, you're on. I'm going to say you probably. You you want the breakfast ball and everything. I think you all want. It. I think you all love to have a drink when you play, right? Oh yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. I yeah. think that's a given. Um, so saying that, I think probably actually the more drinks you have, maybe the better you get. So I'd say, I'd say you're more like a bogey golfer on the front nine and probably shoot in the eighties. Maybe okay. give you like a fifteen handicap kind of deal. Okay. okay. 12. Yeah, but you know a lot about golf, so then I'm kind of thinking you're going to be a lot less than that. I was going to say, you must be, in your head, you must be making fun of us the whole time. Like, these guys have no clue how to play this game, and I don't have to talk to them. Well, the way, gonna... just the way you guys are talking, you're like, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. So I'm thinking, like, <laughs> are there even a single we, digit? We foreshadow this. Wait, no, uh, this Colin, Colin's, Colin's the last one that you have to do, and then I'll give a quick breakdown for you. Okay. Um, best goal for the lot. <laughs> probably the worst he definitely he definitely mixed us up call right 
looking at the wrong screens. Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I say you shoot high 70s. Uh, okay. All right. But you all have right. a two-way miss and... I don't know. You probably have a solid short game. Solid short game. We must like look it. like we fucking suck, guys. <laughs> we need to work on our... Okay, now, now let me really do this and say, Gibbo, you're probably a scratch golfer. All right, all right. Uh, you're a plus handicap or not? I am. Right on the line. All right. right, right on. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, like a plus 0. 0.2. Okay, so yeah, scratch. Asterisk plus. Carry your low handicap? I'm a 2.4. That's pretty low. Uh, <laughs> and now let's go with like a 5. Okay. You had Colin wrong, but you had us pretty dialed in. Yeah. I will say your first round through, you guessed higher than any guest we've ever had on this podcast. And I think we're on episode 37 or something like I, that. I, I, I did want to go a lot higher yeah. to make it funny, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I but like... yeah, I, I had a feeling Gibbo was going to be somewhere in that low yeah. handicap to a plus. I felt personally attacked. Colin, uh, usually but on a regular me... beat basis, is the is the low guy in the group. He shoots under par on a regular basis. Um, Gibber's a hell of a player. He won on Ontario Junior, which is a province in Canada. If, uh, you obviously know that, but um, <clears throat> you're obviously from Australia, so it's a little bit different than telling a Canadian that. And then I uh, I kind of suck compared to the guys, but I love talking golf. So that's where we kind of formed our uh, <laughs> formed our tradition. So yeah, I love it. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh... Let's. Cole, let's get into a quick nine. This is just nine quick questions. We can uh, learn more about you and have some fun with it. Um, Colin will ask the first three. Gibber will ask the next three. And then I'll finish it off with uh, holes seven, eight, and nine. Let's go. All right, Brad, hole one here. What's your favorite course you've ever played in Australia? Oh, in Australia. Uh, Eleanor Country Club in Sydney. Oh. Wow. Not what I was expecting, nor do I know a lot of Australian golf courses. So, New South Wales Golf Club is really awesome, but... I won a New South Wales amateur at Eleanora, and I think I have like a love for it. Cool, love it. Yeah. Um, okay, hole two here. Uh, Lexi Thompson or Patrick Reed? Lexi Thompson for sure. Love nice. it. Nice. I like that okay. one. Call. Yeah. And uh, hole three here. Uh, one player currently playing other than Tiger, you would want to tee it up with. Ooh. Um, well, I've already teed it up with Phil for nine holes. Uh, let, you know That's what? Cool. I, I'd want to tee it up with Dustin Johnson. Love yeah. it. I want to. I, I want to see how he gets himself around the golf course in person. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. Because cool. I think he's he is really golf smart, and I want to see how he does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't care about interviews very much, though. He doesn't no. come off as. Uh, that's the brightest, but I don't think he tries to. I think that's the one of the best parts about it. I think that's why he's so good. But when it comes to golf, I think he is very, very smart. Cool. Yeah. He, has, like, yes. he, has, he has something that people want to have that you can't teach. Intangible. Yeah, for sure. And that's, yeah, he forgets things, doesn't dwell on things, and just plays golf. Yeah. Awesome. Give her hole four. Uh, all right, hole four. So... This one, uh, we might go OB off the tee here if you can't remember, but the 2011 Canadian Amateur, yes, we did play in the same tournament together. Uh, but the fourth round, do you remember who you played with? Hell no. But no? It <laughs> no, it, it was not me. I was hoping it would be. Uh, I don't know, but the guy fucking sucked. Gibber's like, oh, shit. Um, so, actually, no, let, you, me, you, let me think about it then. You played um, with one Canadian. Do you remember who that was? Oh, jeez. 
I'm going to throw this out there just because of Garrett Rank. It, no, it wasn't Garrett Rank. It was actually a, a close buddy of Garrett Rank. It was Simon McInnes. Oh, yes, so, yeah. so, so you play with our buddy. So Simon's a friend of the podcast. I was just that was kind of going OB off the off the tee. So I'm going to re tee here. Hey, I think uh, that has to be pretty pretty close getting Garrett. That Rank was on that. Uh, that is a so, good guess. So Garrett, myself, and Simon, we all went to school together as well. We play on the same team. Uh, I saw Garrett in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Teed it up. Yeah. Yeah. NHL now, referee now. Now, now, yeah. Now umpiring uh, NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of respect for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And H- yeah. NHL, not NFL. Sorry. <laughs> no All right. So okay, whole four reti here. How are you going to get on uh, get on the cover of Forbes magazine? No, I have no idea. On care. <laughs> good looks. What do you mean? I, I, I don't even remember. Um, I don't even remember putting that down. To be honest, <laughs> maybe I thought I could have had a career like Tiger. No, I love that. Right, Bloomed right. a little too late for that. <laughs> no all You're right, so up. hole five here. Uh, what is your go-to encore snack? Uh, peanut butter and honey sandwich. Yeah, that's who I like. That I like that Man. on Dave's on Dave's killer bread. Ooh, all right. Oh, that that is it's a like curveball there. Yeah, it's I like, like it. a healthier version of bread, I guess. Nice, okay. nice, nice. All right, and hole six here. Uh, what is your one go-to swing thought? Um, swing left. All right. Cool. A little Justin yep. Rose style kind of thing. Yeah, it's like and a, Tiger, yeah. I guess, and everyone. I, I, I get, I get stuck underneath. You know, yeah. cricket days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I try to swing left and. Nice. Hold on to the face a little bit. Awesome. And I, I will do whole seven, seven through nine and call. Unfortunately, we always should talk about these because I had some definitely some overlappers. Uh, but Brett, you're fortunate enough to be a part of our U.S. Open preview show and because we have uh, U.S. Open at Wingfoot this week. Who's going to who's the uh, the Aussie that's going to finish the best? Is it Adam Scott, Jason Day, Cameron Smith or uh, Mark Leishman? I think Adam Scott. You know what? He's on my DraftKings ticket, so I'm going to hold you to that. I think so, too. Even with the severe greens, I think he's going to manage his way around. I think the severe greens plays into his Mm -hmm. game anyway. He won at the Masters, right? The most severe greens out there. And more recently, he's won at Riv, where people were struggling. I think think as long as he drives the ball well and gets it in play, he's going to be somewhere. There's one guy that doesn't uh, get stuck underneath very often. Very rarely. And then uh, who would, who's your celebrity crush? Hole eight, sorry. Um, Let's go with like Katy Perry. Interesting. I don't mind that one. Like uh, Katy Perry, Katy Perry circa like 2015 or like 2020. When she was, when she was in the NFL halftime show, the Super Bowl. She's up there for me in that one too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh and and hole nine, you're you're well traveled all over the world. What would what would be your favorite holiday destination if you were to not bring the golf clubs? Queenstown, New Zealand. Ooh. Cool. I like that. Yeah. That wraps up. Oh, and like I think uh, I would retire to Queenstown, New Zealand, actually, as well. Oh, really? Oh. They they must yeah. have some good golf courses there though, too. Well they right? have great yeah, have great golf courses, but it's just a I don't know. I think it's a really cool place. So you don't have that like distinct hatred for New Zealand like some no. Australians have. No, and I was actually at play with the New Zealander on uh, Sunday, and I told I go, dude, I I would live in Queenstown. 
I don't know anything about the North Island, but the South Island, I love. <laughs> you cannot try and ask me about the North Island. I go, I've never been there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want That's to ruin awesome. New Zealand on me, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, let's uh, jump in a. Go yeah, ahead. Let's jump, jump in a, Go ahead. Yeah, wrench talk. It's our equipment segment, and it's yeah. not very popular unless it's me. Uh, usually, I'm the only one that cares about it, which is okay. Um, but I want to talk uh, talk the way through the bag a little bit. So uh, the equipment you're using, I know uh, you're mostly Shrixen, uh, yep. so, and you are using that new driver. Um, what driver did you have previously, and what's the biggest difference with the the Shrixen that you just wanted? I, so I had I had the Shrixen driver just in the model before. Um, okay. This one, I feel like it's a little bit more of a fade bias. Takes left out of play for me. Um, mm. I was having a lot of trouble with the other one, missing it left and right. Which okay. obviously, I don't know. You guys obviously know that if you have the two way miss, it's not easy to play. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. So Every that round. and that and yeah, and that's definitely helped me a lot. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. You know what chaps in that by any chance? It's a. God, that's a good question. It's an even flow. Um, uh, Project X. Project yeah. X. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, so you guys know what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> small, small batch, even flow, something. It's a blue, and it's a blue one. Yeah, that's like uh, the 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 small hand picked ones, you know, that the tour guys get, and we have yeah. to pay extra for. Yeah. Um, let's let's hear about the three wood uh, Callaway Maverick. So it is a newer newer model head, but why are you going with Callaway uh, and uh, not let's say a Shrixen three wood? That's uh, or anything else in that matter. Okay, so I was using a Titleist before, but I, I put this, I put the Callaway Maverick in play at the start of this year. Um, I, I had a Rogue three wood, mm-hmm. um, the start of the 2018 season, and I, I really loved it. Um, but it got scratched up on the top, and you know, mm-hmm. with the alignment stick, and I, mm-hmm. I'm anal, and I can't look at that kind of. Usually, mine's from I, sky marks, but that's a. Yeah. So, but. So then I, I, I got a Titleist one after that and I kind of liked it. So I was using that and then I was like, I, I want to go back to, I want to go back to a Callaway three wood and see what it's like. So I, I called the Callaway guy and got the new Maverick and it's been in play ever since, but I am going to be testing out the new Shrixon driver here in the off season, the three wood in the off okay. season. I haven't so, heard much about it yet, unfortunately, they, they, just it, the driver. I think it just came out two weeks ago to us. Okay. Sure. So, so keep your, and, keep and your saw... eyes and ears out for that. Yeah, I saw Hideki uh, testing out some stuff. I know he's a bit of an equipment guy too, but he it, the fact that he put a Trixon driver in and he's testing out the woods mean they're bringing out some serious heat. Uh, yeah, this this driver is by far the best one that yeah. Trixon have come out with since like uh, the Cleveland Classic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the launcher. Uh, yes. Speaking yeah. about uh, classics, this one has a cult following in the equipment world. Is your irons? You got five eighty five and seven eighty five uh, Trixon irons. These ones. It seems like even PGA Tour players have a really difficult time kicking them out of their bag. What the, what made you fall in love with them? Or let's say, what's going to kick them out eventually or nothing? Probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love them. I, so I put the, um, oh man, is it the 785? Like the bigger headed, the 4 iron and the 5 iron. Yeah, that's, like the, the, fi- that's the 585. Yeah, 585. That's yeah. it, not the 7. I put that in, those in play at the start of the quarantine when we did the restart, and I feel like mm-hmm. I can launch it a little higher and get a little bit softer coming into greens. And then the, I did have the seven eighty fives in that. Yeah. But it's been a good change. I feel like I've actually got a little bit more consistency hitting into the greens um, with height and stop and and that kind of stuff. And I just love the look of the seven eighty fives. 
don't yeah. know. Like I, I was a blade guy for a while too, and then um, I, I don't know. These these don't look like a cavity, but they play. You know, they're forgiving. They play. They're they're, they're yeah. just a great iron, to be honest. It's probably one of the best irons on the market. If I were to describe it to some of the listeners or to Call and Jackal who like are not familiar maybe with the head, they have like a very unique sole configuration. Yeah, hundred percent. It doesn't uh, dig. Okay. It, yeah, it's like a certain yeah. certain it's grind. Like a v, that, like, it's like a V shaped kind of yeah. sole. Yeah, uh, very like, forgiving through the turf. Which, yes. and it plays like yes. a blade, like as far as shape goes. It's it's a unique 100%. iron. Yeah, hundred nice. percent. Yep. And other companies have tried to replicate it, including Strixon with like some of their newer models. It uh, it hasn't quite caught on like that one iron model so i couldn't wait yeah. to talk about that i know one. and i'm actually i'm getting a set of the new ones actually in this off season too to give them a go oh. but we'll see how they go see where yeah we're <laughs> you'll have to keep us posted these, on those puppies these these ones seem to be winning right now <laughs> yeah there you go keep them in uh and uh i'll just quickly go he's using the new zip core wedges that's a that's yep. the new cleveland's and then the z-star golf ball um did you always play Strixon? i'm assuming you were in maybe a pro b1 at one point how hard was that transition to make i i've been playing Strixon since i was 18 so oh, wow yeah. wow yeah so our golf new south wales back home the state association was um had tricks on as a sponsor and when i got on the team yeah i was getting free golf balls and i just i've played them ever since and yeah and they've looked after me since i turned pro and i i think their ball's getting better and better as um as the, the more they come out and they're super white you could tell your super, ball they're from... pure white <laughs> it's the most <laughs> even white... even when they're muddy yeah. <laughs> they glow in the hazard that's why i like playing them sometimes yeah uh perfect uh which way do you want to go there caller giver uh you know what i'm gonna jump in real quick because it is u.s open week and you mentioned you played last year at pebble uh kind of walk through that experience and what that was like it was it was amazing i had the family there too you know the little boy he was what was he three months four months at the time wow. um wow. so that was that was really fun i got to play I know John Rahm from when I was living in Scottsdale. Um, my wife was good friends with his wife and cool. um, became good friends with his wife when, it, when we were on tour. But So that's how I kind of had a little in with getting a practice round with Phil, which Phil Mickelson, which was mm-hmm. – uh, I was more nervous on Wednesday <laughs> teeing off with Phil than I was teeing off on Thursday because <laughs> I think there was probably like 30 deep around the first tee. Oh and I man! Just, I just really didn't want to miss that fairway, and um, oh yeah, I striped it down the middle and then missed the fairway on Thursday. But yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. The important one got out of the way. Yeah. Did you have to show up with a uh, an envelope of cash to play with them? Thankfully not. No. <laughs> because I don't know. I, I yeah, that would have been um, would have been a tough one. <laughs> I, had, I all I had to do was listen to how big his calves were for the whole day. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, the no, whole world's had to listen to it for the last year or two now. Yeah, yeah. So but no, yeah. it was uh it was it was a good it was a good time, a great experience and yeah, hold a bunker shot, you know, had all those kind of experiences as well, which cool. was good. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Very cool. Um, you know what? Let's move into our fan segment. Brett, I don't know if you saw, but on Instagram, we always throw a little something for the fans out to ask you some questions. So we're going to run through maybe like four or five for you. Okay. Sounds good. Perfect. So uh, this is actually off one, but we always do this one. So like Saturday, say you're with some friends, nothing to do the next day, no tournaments coming up. Do you, do you happen to have a little beers on the golf course every once in a while? Yeah. 
Love it. How, how many <laughs> how many beers you putting back in eighteen holes on a nice casual Saturday? I, I could probably do three or four. I I wouldn't I wouldn't start. I'd probably grab one after like six holes or so, and then we'd probably yeah three just a casual or, yeah just a six pack. Why not? Let's go with six pack. All right, going with, okay. Nice smooth six pack. I Let's love it. Let's keep it even. Kind of, keep it even, baby. <laughs> that's my kind of round here. Um, what was uh, what was college golf like in the UK? Number what was two. college college golf like in the UK? Um, I never never played it. So oh, it's very difficult to answer. So this person is uh, you know nothing. We're going on to number three here. Yeah, <laughs> good question. What was the most uh, most important shot you hit? Uh, in the tournament you won two weeks ago? Uh, God, there was a lot of them. Oh, it, it has to be the six-footer I hold on the last to win. There you go. I like that. I could have been set up by the five line I hit into the green, too, to give myself the chance to two-putt. So your first so, putt wasn't as memorable as the six-footer that you had to make? because well, I guess it was definitely. 55 feet. That's a decent leg. Depends if it was uphill or not. It was uphill, and the guy in front of me blew it 10 feet past. Yeah. So I'd say there was a little bit of confusion in the putt, too. <laughs> <laughs> like well, to go, was, uh, to go with the, the fist nerve. pump like? What was the fist pump like on the six-footer? Little one, or? Relief, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those ones. It was, yeah, probably like the, a slightly smaller version of the Adam Scott. Yeah, yeah, with all you the know, right? You know when back, Adam huh? Scott? No, when Adam Scott just goes like this. Oh, okay. oh yes. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. like a... Was the, was the full motion smaller or just the bicep smaller? I'm confused. Just the bicep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't paddle enough on the surfboard to get those biceps. <laughs> Neither uh, I. I just keep getting rolled by waves when I try. Yeah, yeah. I, I get taken by a shark, so... Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, people want to know about your Galvin clothes. Galvin like green, Galvin clothes. Yeah. love them. Yep, they're probably the most comfiest uh, shirts I've worn. Outerwear, the rain gear is definitely the best. So they're, yeah. they're definitely um, they get they are getting a lot bigger over here in America too, which is uh, which is nice. I was just about Love to it. say that for North America Canadians, uh, that used to just be almost like Gore-Tex rain suits to me. And like they made that ultimate high expensive. You saw them in the open championships all the time. Uh, now that uh, there's like even the guy with TXG wears it and like there, you start to see it more yes. and more. Uh, they make pants as well, I'm assuming then. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the, the full outfit. Yep. Everything. Nice. I wear their pants and I wear that. Oh, so, cool. Uh, the, and the pants are. The pants are really good. It's very European, though. Obviously, being a Swedish-based company, but yeah, yeah, which I'm, is I'm, hard for the, which is hard for the Americans over here. But if you want to go for the European look and you have it, then go for the Galvin Green. I'm a I'm a Finnish descent, so I'll uh, I'll take that. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll fit in those uh, slacks really nicely. <laughs> Needless to say, I I don't think I'm going to be fitting in the old Galvin Greens. No, those are <laughs> no. You got that big that old ass doesn't Gibber? fit in that much. I was going to say your arms are looking bigger too, Gibber. You've been working out, or no? That's like an that medium on. Look at that I've medium. That's a I've small shirt. I think it's an extra small. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go last one here. Um, who's the most? Uh, who has the most impressive short game you've seen? Matt Jones. Oh, he, you know what? His bag style. If we ever get Matt Jones on here, we'll talk wrench talk the whole hour and a half podcast because that guy's got an awesome set of Titleist clubs in there. <laughs> Has he got the six twenties in there? 
Uh, no, he's a seven twelve MB guy, I believe. Oh, with like really? SM four, he's got like the he's got unique stuff. He's got like a two hundred no. series wedge with like unique spin build stamping. He does something different. He might have been updated it, but the uh, the winners trophy just turned up. Oh, oh no, he can be here. you guys, you guys want to see it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Look at this. <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, this is a, a reveal. Just so, for those should, should we open it? Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm allowed this. to walk around the house and do this, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> just for those listening, I'm gonna paint a picture here. You just got a box delivered. It's the winner's trophy. It, it literally says it said winner's trophy. <laughs> yeah, it says winner's trophy on it. <laughs> All right. Wow. Let's take a this might be our first like uh, Instagram uh, video of the pot. Live, live opening. Talking. Yeah. This is like uh, was it uh, Dave Portnell's live unboxing that he was doing? Over yeah. The pandemic? <laughs> this is way better. What have I done here? Speakers off. Hold on. Oh, we got you. Oh, he can't hear us though, probably. Here we go. All right, here we go. Can you guys see? No, we can. Oh, there we go. There we go. go. We got got it. Videographer. Sorry, the the wife has the camera right now. So, love it. Here we go. I think we got it right. You guys can see that. Oh yeah, we got you. We got you. Let's go this way. Live unboxing. Oh, I tell you what, it wasn't going to break, was it? No, I was going to say that has to be uh, pretty well handled. That's, Hopefully, I there's no good. lid on it like Morikawa with the PGA. They yeah, you don't make over your head. Yeah, let's just not on. drop it and break the glass. Here we go. <laughs> Look at this. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, you could get a least there. It is, guys. In there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I think we can get some stuff in there. Oh, yes, yeah, give it a yeah. little kiss. Let's see it. Let's go. Oh, there we go. Hey, Brady. <laughs> Brady, do you want to come say hello, buddy? He's, he's yeah. the... Hey. Oh, oh, hey, Brady. <laughs> Future Masters champion right there. Oh, yeah, hey, buddy. Good kisses, oh, buddy. Hey. <laughs> yeah, he loves, he loves to blow kisses. All right, oh. there you go. Hey, first trophy unveiled on the show. First <laughs> That's trophy fantastic. Unveiled. Love it. Where are you going to put it? Oh, who knows? So the, our place is a mess right now because we just moved into this place. So okay. um, we'll find go we'll find a good glasses. we'll find a good spot for it. I'm sure. Yeah, you got to build a custom mantle right in the living room so all the guests can know. Just, we just got to make sure we keep it high enough that Brady can't get onto it. You know, yeah, Brady gets enough. a hold of this. Who knows what will happen? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic! You got to keep us posted what you drink out of it first, though. That's yeah. like the most the most thing i'm curious about for sure 100 percent. I'll, I'll i'll let you guys know i'll put a video up for sure that would uh, be fantastic uh, you know what if, if you do like uh whatever wherever you place the video if you could take us so we could reshare it to even our story that would be fan- that the most fantastic thing if you don't mind that i will yeah i'll try and remember that just keep okay yeah, and if you don't not <laughs> if you feel it we'll have to copyright it somehow um cole are we almost at the end here want to wrap things up with a final few questions here yeah let's do it okay my favorite one and we're gonna have to put you on the spot one more time um uh, there's a pga tour event the zurich classic and we kind of talked to who you'd want to play with on the pga tour as far as uh um as a playing partner for alternate or sorry as just a Mm. playing partner um let's switch this up say if you played in a president's cup and you had to play against one american who would you want to beat the most Oh, who would want to beat the most? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Reed. Yeah. Uh, you and Cameron yeah. Smith have that in common. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I see. I would say pedigree, but I don't. I don't know. I, I don't uh, see him that way. Let's okay. go with. I don't know. I'd want to beat like Justin Thomas or Ricky well, Fowler. Can... I've met Ricky Fowler, so let's go. I want to beat Ricky Fowler. All right. I like that. And like, if, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. If yeah, you were, think... let's say, at Royal Melbourne. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Melbourne, not Melbourne. Melbourne, but... <laughs> Melbourne. Sorry, my mistake. I felt wrong coming off the tongue there. Um, Thunder you were at that President's Cup and you were teeing up on Sunday against uh, against Ricky Fowler. What would your walk up music be if you had to walk up to a stage like a WWE wrestler? Probably like Thunderstruck, ACDC. Oh, nice. I love it. yeah. You've got, you've got to stamp. You got to stamp it Australian straight away. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, <laughs> Intimidate them. Uh, you're on, yeah. you're on my you're in my country. You're on my uh, land. <laughs> how quick would the swing speed be after coming out to Thunderstruck on that first tee shot? Probably get the highest I have ever have. Probably like one sixteen or seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a oh, no, I think I'm averaging around one fifteen right now. It's what I was the other day. So, oh, I maybe I get a couple enough. extra miles. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. One fifteen still moving it. Like I mean, if you think about it, if you uh, if your smash factor is one point five, that's still moving it out there. Let's, uh, yeah, I yeah, I, ca- I carry it between two ninety and three hundred. So I was gonna say you're averaging over three hundred this year so far, and that's probably yeah. including a couple three woods. So you can move it out there. Yeah, and a couple of trees hit and stuff like that as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always hate it when they do that. It's like a they measure my drive, and I'm like, didn't you just see me hit that tree and come backwards? Like nope, maybe you should just let it. this one slide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put down my average. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, make sure you don't lower it anything. Anything else, uh, Call, to wrap up the show? Nothing Episode? on my end, Gibber? No, no, that's good. Uh, All right. Brett, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on, and uh, I really hope you had some fun with it today. No, I had a great time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Glad you got awesome. to see the family. Yeah. <laughs> and the trophy. <laughs> yeah, hey, the, new, yeah. the, new, the new addition to the family. So there that you was, go. You that was see my it. highlight for sure. Thanks so much for coming on. We can't wait to follow you for n- not only the rest of this season, but uh, the 2021 season as well. And hopefully you'll get a couple PGA Tour exemptions in there. Although we're not moving up with the top 25, we expect to see you on there in no time. So uh, best Appreciate of luck it. in the future. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care, Brett. All right, everyone. That's it for today's interview with Brett Druitt. Uh, awesome guy. First trophy reveal on the pod, fellas. How was that? Um, amazing uh like just what are the odds of that it's the ups or fedex shows up with the trophy and it says on the box winner's trophy (laughs) (laughs) like that's amazing and then you know shout out to brett too for coming on the pod he's he hasn't been home to see the family for three months got in yesterday trophy comes today and he still uh hops on the pod with us uh which that's just just fantastic what a guy uh our first aussie on the pod so adam scott you're next um <laughs> but yeah amazing the guy just so many good stories you know just felt like just one of the guys uh said we were the worst golfers ever but i love that so it was it was one of those interviews for me that when it like you just don't want it to end while you're talking like you just want to continue to talk golf you want to hear his perspective and it was a really unique one for us because we haven't had such a recent winner on here so him talking through that back nine of closing out a tournament is an angle that we well one we don't have any really close buddies that talk about closing out 
uh, Corn Ferry or PGA Tour tournaments uh, to us that immediately. And two, it's kind of hear- nice to hear like how he kind of his misses through the stretch where he's missing the fat part of the green mm-hmm. and he had a certain yeah. number of how many misses. That's, that's a cool inside look on a, on a guy that's going to have a, a pretty successful, well, he already one has a successful pro career and two, he's going to continue on with that. So that was really cool. Brett, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're a busy, busy as hell guy, but uh, we're going to steal some more of your time in the future. And I hope you're okay with that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's still more we tap into him. For oh sure. yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. More to come. All right, fellas, but it's us open week. It is. It's U.S. Open week. Drum roll. I, th- you know what? I'll jump right in here because I, I said the other day that like this is probably my second favorite U.S. Open venue. Uh, and then my buddy Train reminded me that I was a huge fan of Marion. But Marion's not really a part of the, the, the major rotate or the U.S. Open rotation on a frequent basis, right? Last time it was eight years ago. Uh, Justin Rose was the winner there for the listeners. Wingfoot is my number one in the rotation ahead of Oakmont. Wow. Yes. And you know what? I forgot how much I loved it. Um, everyone's familiar with Phil blasting, uh, blasting his tee shot way left and making double to lose by one to our boy, Jeff Ogilvy, future guest on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, who ignores us every time we talk to him. <laughs> um, but Wingfoot is the ultimate U.S. Open track. And uh, do you guys want to maybe comment on your ideas of Wingfoot? Then I'll break down the course quickly before we get into past champions and stuff like that. I'll jump in. I, I'm, I'm, I always say I'm not a big golf historian. I didn't know much about Wingfoot. But this week I spent some time and kind of looked at the pass. And I looked at the 1974 U.S. Open at Wingfoot where seven over one. It was an absolute war of attrition. I looked this week at the golf course. We saw some video footage from uh, Pendy's caddy of the greens, him dropping the ball at the back of the green at going 15 feet off of the green <laughs> through the fairway. I see the rough where you can barely see the ball. I'm I'm pumped for this event. I think it's going to be an awesome event. I don't know much about the golf course, but what I say is what I've read, what Jeff Ogilvie has talked about the golf course. I mean, we're in for an absolute treat watching this tournament. To, to me, Wingfoot is like the metaphorical U.S. Open golf course. It's it's old school. It's classic. It's got deep, rough, fast greens. They'll have that place rolling. Like to me, like a place I know, you know, Chambers Bay, I'm sure will be a great venue again. But to me, that's not a U.S. Open course. U.S. Open, all like I see like old school, big trees. And when we talk like, you know, your, your Oakmonts, you know, Marion, all of these just like classic places, you know, early 1900 design. And it's, this place is going to be hard this week. It's, I, I saw a couple pictures of uh, a tall can of Arnold Palmer. Uh, you can't even see it in the rough. Uh, one, one person I, I don't might've been like their, their girlfriend or someone on the, that was laying down the rough. You could hardly see her. And like this place, like it's, it's nutty. Like you, you miss the fairway here. You're going to struggle. Like it, it, you're wedging it out. You, there's no way you can get anything more than a pitching wedge on some of these, uh, the lies you're going to get even around the green. Like you're going to see guys chipping it all like left and right, getting a little army golf going. Uh, and then the greens are like, what a 15, probably like something wild. Yeah, so you wing footed. I, I had to comment there. I slipped my mind. I don't know why. Um, but the, the PGA Tour app actually has a great little article. It's called Nine Things to Know Wingfoot Golf Club, which is uh, which is super cool. I read through it. My buddy Loops uh, told me to give it a give it a quick little read, and it kind of breaks down the history of Wingfoot and uh, maybe stuff you need to know heading to the major championship. 
really cool thing about Wingfoot. They played as par 70. It was originally played as par 72, which is most U.S. Open kind of. They either go to 71 or 70. It's on super flat land. So, like, it's not like the undulating, uh, rolling hills like we get in some of the U.S. Opens or anything like that. And it's pretty much right in front of you. Um, it's not like a golf course that's quirky or like, um, there people are going to get super unlucky if they hit a really good golf shot. But when you come to the greens, they're, 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 they're ridiculous. I don't know what to say. They're detrimental when it comes to like leaving the ball above the hole. If you're not hitting the ball below the hole, you really have no chance at making a par putt inside eight feet. Let's say it's that, uh, it's that slippery out there. They're absolutely diabolical. And I think that's like probably the most fun golf to watch when you get that really thick, uh, thick rough, like Gibber said, you're going to have to wedge it out. It's a golf course that's right in front of you. There's not much water. There's a few creeks that run through the property, but at the end, at the end of the day, we're going to get like one of the most stern tests of golf. And that's what a U.S. opens all about. That's what everyone loves. Um, I'll quickly, oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Gibber. I was just going to say, we did take to Instagram and say, you know, what, what would you shoot here? Um, I do with these conditions probably would shoot 105. I'm just going to be completely honest with you, but it's funny. This is a golf course that would suit my eye. Like just the way it looks, it reminds me of courses I grew up playing on that old school country club feel. Um, it, it's, but yeah, like this place this week, you are going to see some numbers. I think, yeah. uh, you're going to see some high boys. I think, yeah, I think the golf course is going to be the storyline is what kind of what the USGA wants. And I think they're going to get a big time this year. Um, this is going to be though, uh, one, two, three, four, five, sixth US Open hosted at Wingfoot. I'll just quickly run through the past winners. Uh, 29, Bobby Jones, ever heard of him? Decent player. 59, Billy Casper. Uh, 74, Hale Irwin. This was, uh, this was a big one because it was a seven over win. And um, they said, we're not trying to embarrass the best players in the world. We're trying to identify the best players in the world. That was like that famous quote from the USGA. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Fuzzy Zeller, the only uh, champion to win under par. It went to a playoff at four over. And uh-huh. technically his playing partner shot like five over in the playoff because it's a whole playoff, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like technically the only person to ever play a U.S. Open there under par, which I thought was pretty cool. And then, of course, the infamous or famous, whatever you want to call it, the 2006 U.S. Open, Jeff Ogilvie with those high towering irons. Um, Phil doubled last hole, and lots of people forget um, uh, Colin Montgomery was right in contention mm-hmm. there too, and Drew put, pulled the wrong iron on 18 green, cost him, made a double bogey, and, uh, and lost by one mm-hmm. as well. So that was a jam-packed leaderboard if you ever – want to like watch a youtube video of like the back nine there so many good names in contention and it was a lot of fun and of course phil still doesn't have his us open famously um but i'm looking super forward to this week and i and i would love 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 to see an 18 hole playoff come monday we it's been a while since we've had one of those 12 years right yeah Yeah. who who was the last yeah it was tiger 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 Oh, thank and you, Rocco. And totally <laughs> redeem yourself. I was close. I knew it, baby. <laughs> I was close. Um, big storylines heading into the U.S. Open. Uh, we'll start with the non-storylines. Is Brooks Kepka due to injury, not playing? Um, my personal feeling on this is that kind of sucks. Uh, love him or hate him. You want him in the field for uh, the U.S. Open Championship because every time he tees it up, he has a chance. And I think it takes away from the field a little bit, him not playing. So it's uh, an unfortunate that way. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, our boy, uh, Scotty Scheffler, he was probably going to be a dark horse pick or on someone's ticket. He's also not playing due to illness. Um, really unfortunate because uh, he's one of those young guys like a Morikawa that out of a chance to win a U.S. Open, I think, this week. And yeah. every time he tees it up, uh, he has a chance. Also recently named Rookie of the Year, which is debatable. We might talk about that later. 
Yeah. Um, anything to add as far as the field goals? What? Well, the one thing I want to add to the field, though, I don't know if, like, is this just the deepest field in golf's history? Because I was looking at some of the betting odds, and you got some studs who are, like, what, I don't know, 6,000 to one or, like, something. That's, I don't know if that's the right stat, but, uh, or, like, plus 6,000 or plus, you know, 50,000. Like, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, 100 win 6,000. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, it's nuts. Like, I said, Joel Damon, like, he's had, like, a great year. He's been consistently top 20 in a lot of events, and he is – uh, yeah, like plus yeah, like plus sixty four hundred something stupid. Tough, uh, like, tough how do you pick Joel. a winner? Yeah, how do you pick a winner? It's yeah. just so tricky. It's, well, let's, it's, you know what? Let's pick a winner. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> go with picks. Yeah, how do you pick a winner? Let, and, let's and go. I'm gonna go last this week. I'm gonna go last this week. I might have a wild right. pick thrown out here. Well, I'll lead off. You know, you guys normally get all over me about my picks, but I think this week they're pretty good. Uh, Previously on the pod, uh, Kari made us try to foreshadow our pick. I had said Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I'm changing my mind on my winner. Uh, I'm going Xander Shoffley. This guy is an absolute stud. He hits it long and straight, and he's just got so much game. I think he's going to break through in his first major championship here. It pains me not to say Tiger. Uh, <laughs> it just it absolutely pains me not to do that. But then I go Xander to win uh, my sleeper. I mentioned, him, no, I mentioned him a couple seconds ago, Joel Damon. The, okay. guy, the guy hits it straight. Guy doesn't make a ton of mistakes, right? He gets the putter going, puts it well. I think he's got a chance. Joel Exotic, you know, SRP bump here. Um, and uh, my struggle pick this week, Jordan Speed. Yeah, he's just going to be brutal, in my opinion. You can't have the, the two-sided miss and look like you're going to throw the club out of your hands every time you hit it to play well at Wingfoot. And it's... You know, you can make as many yeah. feet of butts as you want, but if they're for pars and bogeys, it's not going to help you. So, so those are the picks this week. I, I couldn't agree more with this struggle. Cole, can you just quickly say your text message to our group uh, halfway through the week or on Friday, I guess? <laughs> what was it? I forget what it was. Oh, okay. Colin's a huge Jordan Speed fan. Love and, Speed. And you know what? I don't cheer for him as frequently as Colin does. I don't hate the guy or whatever. He's struggling a little bit, and I don't mean to pile it on him. But uh, calls like, oh, he just bogeyed 18 or double 18 and missed oh, yeah. up by one. <laughs> he, he went to one under. I like read Colin's text message maybe two hours later. I scroll at the leaderboard. I'm like, where was the cut line? <laughs> cut was five under par. He missed it by four. <laughs> Call quit digging for something that's not there, buddy. In Call's oh, defense, man. in Call's defense, when he said At the time, that, I know I moved like crazy. The, the cut moved in the afternoon, which it never happens. It yeah, never yes, happens. but it was exactly. worth a laugh, regardless. Right? Like, I, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with my formula to win a U.S. Open. One, you have to be extremely gritty. You have to be have that mentality, like maybe most people will shoot themselves out of the field. Um, they have to play tough golf course as well. They have to be extremely dialed at the irons as well as the putter. So I think the best putters have a potential to contend here, of course, because um, that's where making par putts is what keeps you in U.S. Opens. It's not about making birdies. Um, my winner, and I hate to agree with Giver on this one, but I'm going with Xander Shoffley. Um, my formula for the winner of the U.S. Open, especially at Wingfoot, you have to be on form and you have to be one of the best players in the world. And I think Xander Shoffley ticks both those boxes, and he's a better putter than DJ. That's the only reason I took him over that. Um, I just think DJ's won too much lately. I, I don't think you can keep that up. I think at some point it's got to cool down a bit. But D, yeah, but DJ's like kind of won like that before, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, for 
I and I could be wrong here, and like I think he's going to be top five. I just think Xander's going to. It's going to be his time to win a U.S. Open or a major championship, and that's mm-hmm. where I stand on that. Um, my sleeper, and I actually picked two this week, and I actually think they're uh, very similar players. I pick my sleeper based off of playing the most difficult golf courses at any given time and playing well, and two of the best putters on the PGA Tour. My first one is Matt Fitzpatrick. And my second one is Mackenzie Hughes. They're they're both going to be on my ticket. Yeah. Um, we Mac watched Mac grind it out. We watched Mac grind it out, and the like. Uh, since we talked to him, uh, yes, I follow him a little bit more closely. And there's one thing about Mac is when you when the going gets tough, he like he gets going. And at a U.S. Open, I think that's it's going to be his first coming out party. Um, and that putter can do some major damage on those greens. And as long as he hits it decent, especially hits fairways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he has a chance because he's a phenomenal ball striker too. Probably underrated ball striker because he's yeah. such a good putter. And my struggle pick simply for, um, simply for the putter is Hideki Matsuyama. Um, not exactly coming into form other than the one uh, decent run he had the BMW, but I don't think he played very well on Sunday. Um, this is one guy I would avoid off the ticket or uh, avoid betting on this week. Love it. You know what, fellas? I'm just going to get these out of the way quickly. Struggle pick this week for me. Jordan Spieth. Everything that Gibber said, I'm going to reiterate. He's struggling. There is no way he's picking it up on the most difficult golf course potentially in the world. So let's just get that one out of the way real quick. Sleeper this week, I looked at a lot of guys. One guy who I looked at who has surprisingly low odds, hits the ball extremely well, played great at the PGA Championship, Popeye forearms. I'm going with Paul Casey as my sleeper this week. Oh, great yeah. pick, Paul. That is fantastic. You're we are back. We, we are, are back. back. <laughs> Colin's got unreal picks. He's been yeah. you've been sleeping on Cole a little bit. That is a phenomenal pick. Yeah. He if you look at him too, I think 20 bucks will pay over a thousand dollars for a pick and Paul Casey. On him. That is an easy pick for me. And hey, uh, you know what? didn't play very bad last week, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he continue. fucking played great. We'll continue on. Yeah, we'll continue on. So, you know what, you guys, when you're going through your winners, you know, I had three names circled all week. I had Xander, I had DJ, and I had Webb. And Webb was double circled all week. But you know what? With one of these events, Webb's a prototypical U.S. Open player. I'm going through all the things. You got to hit the driver well. You got to hit fairways. You got to putt the ball well. But there's one factor you guys are missing. You're playing the most difficult golf course in the world. It's going to be over par the winner. You need to be able to grind. This is going to take experience. This is going to take absolute grit, determination. This is going to take someone who's been there before. And I'm sleeping last night, and I can't go to sleep. I don't know why. I'm seeing Pendy's caddy send me this, and I'm saying, what am I missing from my pick right now? And I'm just hearing a hum in the back of my head. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hum was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't know what the hum was. I couldn't figure it out. But this morning I figured out who's the grittiest player out there. Who's the player that's gonna that's gonna make a birdie when he needs to make a birdie? And who's maybe not the best putter, but who makes the putt when he needs to putt well? Who am I talking about, fellas? Who am I talking about? Woods, baby! We're going Tiger this week. I'm going against conventional wisdom. I don't give a fuck how he drives the ball. I don't care if he's not putting well. He's gonna make putts when he needs to make putts. He's gonna hit however many fairways. I don't care. He's gonna make pars when he needs to make pars. Tiger, Eldrick. Woods is going to be holding the trophy one step closer to reaching Jack's number, and Tiger is my pick this week. Wow, two things, Colin. You're in the good books now. You're in the good books. (laughs) 
Second I'm, thing, I'm that might be the best preamble to a pick. It like got me excited. You're building it up like you couldn't sleep. Like, and you're thinking, you're thinking. It was like Rocky like, running the steps. Like, come on, just say the pick, say the pick, say the pick. Wow, well done, Simo. There's a reason you drive the bus here. I got you know what? Sorry, I guys. think I just think that there's going to be like the veterans are going to do well on this golf course. Guys who just are gritty. That's why I looked at Webb early on. Like I think Webb's a really good pick. I didn't pick him, but Webb's just one of those guys who's just gritty. Who isn't going to get rattled? I looked at, even looked at Rom. Like I don't know if you guys looked at Rom. Rom's like a great popular pick. Yeah, not for one second I did, but that, yeah. But most guys, like you look online, most guys are picking Rom. Yeah. If they're up there, he's number one right now. If in terms of like betting, number one or two, I don't see him being able to get through that week without a big meltdown. No, I, I agree. But that's what we got. I, wow. I in fact love that. And you know what? You know what's better than like previewing the U.S. Open? I cannot wait to recap the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can do something live. Uh, we're trying to figure something out, uh, maybe for uh, maybe even Sun. We'll try and figure out for something for Sunday, maybe even a quick Monday recap show. Um, but I can't wait to talk golf with you guys this week. I know, given our schedules, we have to miss a little bit of golf, but like, it's major championship season, boys. We've got the U.S. Open and the Masters coming up. Uh, I'm super excited to watch uh, Wingfoot in action here. That course mm-hmm. is going to be a beast. I can't wait for the players to complain to. Who's the first interview complaint? Who Jordan do you want to go Spieth. with? No. <laughs> it's going to shoot Spieth. so bad they won't interview him. I love Jordan Spieth, but sorry. I think it's going to be Billy Horschel. Oh, that's a, that's actually a really good one. Yeah. Could be Patrick Reed. I hope it's Patrick Reed. Just just so it is. You know, like I, I hope, hope it's I don't him. have to let's know. I'll probably show up the TV so I won't hear it. <laughs> What about Zach Johnson uh, went off at? Uh, was it uh, Shinnecock he went off at? That's I right. He, I think he had a bit of a yeah. rant too. So, but you know what? We'll, we'll play best on that even. What, what can they complain about? The golf course is in fantastic shape. It is just hard as shit. Man, they, they'll find a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, like Shinnecock was tough, but it was way. playable. Fleetwood went 63 there on Sunday. That yeah. course is tough. Hey, I will mention Fleetwood one of was on my ticket this week too. New driver in the bag. TS. TSI three new titleist Fleetwood rocking it and he finished third in Europe. Mm-hmm. You you know what goes to show you like I think that driver has to be unbelievable because Fleetwood I, I find he's got a really unique setup in his bag and for him to put that one in he's picking any driver that he wants. I was blown away, Gibber. You're an equipment guy now. Not only our IT guy, but you're an equipment guy. Uh, I was blown away to see a titleist driver in Fleetwood's mm-hmm. bag, and I'm with you. That driver must be. Something pretty special. If you're seeing it jump into a lot of bags like that really yeah. early. Um, my first impressions, I wasn't sure about it. I was like, hmm, I don't know. It looks okay. And then the more I look at it, the more I see live photos, the more I see pictures at a dress. I'm like, yeah, I could see myself gaming this at some point. For yeah. Sure. Looks for me, especially the three wood. Like I just bought the Sim three wood. <laughs> I might be putting the TS three or TSI three three. I'll take the Sim off you give her. Don't yeah, worry. I was gonna say I'll take that head for sure. That shot <laughs> yeah. is a little too stoked for this guy. See what you call. <laughs> yeah. Wishful thinking though. I'll sit my powder oh. cuts out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that uh you know what? I, I wanted to get into the new equipment talk, but we won't dive into it too much because this uh this show's probably going on uh quite a bit long enough but i did want to talk about um uh we can move on from the us open you guys have any more uh only last thing i want to mention i think uh, a featured group that gibber sent us this week to watch out are the canadian boys kent state alum we got Corey, mac and pendy 
line well, it up to tee it up together. So it, it actually, it is not Pendy. It's Hadwin in it, oh, but they posted the, the Kent State posted it. And it, after I posted that, I thought it was Pendy originally too. I was like, that is amazing. They're going with all three Kent State boys, but it's the they posted the three Kent State guys, and then they, in their post they say Pendy tees it up at twelve thirty one. Oh, but gotcha. they're going Mac, Mac, Corey, and uh, and Hadwin at eight twenty nine a.m. on Thursday. Um, but I wish they would have put Penny in that. It would have been an awesome group. That would have been awesome. Anyway, so I was a, okay. Sorry, no. I actually have a little bit of Wayne Foot trivia for you guys, just for fun. Like, you, right. I just want to see who gets closer. Um, and I'm just making this up on the spot, so just forgive me. But we're only looking at 2006, so Jeff Ogilvy's year. Um, it, if you were to, if you guys were to guess the scoring average for the week on Wing Foot, what would your guess be? Seventy-four point seven. I'm, okay. I was guessing 76 something. It needs to be points, so I know it's close. 76. Are we doing? Are we doing? Are we doing prices right, or are we doing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, closer. closest to. Prices. We're not doing no, because I'm just going to bet like your number, but one higher. You know, like <laughs> okay, yeah, that's your point. So what was yours, Giver? Okay, I said 74.7. Okay, Giver's closer. The scoring average was 75 at Wingfoot in 2006, which is pretty. We're probably going to be getting the exact same golf course. Obviously, a little bit different conditions. Yeah. Um, Call you made a mistake because you forgot that it's a par seventy, not a par seventy-two. No, I didn't. I thought it was par seventy. Okay. <laughs> call doesn't miss those things. That hat looks awesome, by the way. So thanks for everyone that left the one review. nothing, um, one nothing gibber. Uh, how many holes played under par? Oh, Jesus, Ooh. two. I'm gonna say three because like I thought it was two. Call, I thought you were going to go for one for sure. One no. hole played under no par. No way. For How does yeah. one hole play under par? <laughs> and it was the par five fifth. So look out for the birdies and pars on that hole. This I week. would shoot a million look on this golf course. Um, how many rounds do you think were under par in the full tournament? Okay. Ooh, ooh this is a tough one. This is good trivia. Can I, I know winning score? Or I don't know. I don't know winning no, score. No. Yeah. All right. Oh, Jeff will be one at five over. Okay. Um, so... I'm going 28 rounds under par. Holy shit, Gibber. Total for the whole tournament? Yep. Okay, I was going to guess five. Okay. There's Colin, 170 players. That play. Colin is definitely closer. Like 12 <laughs> total rounds were under par. Plus, plus five. <laughs> the winner Gibber. was plus five. <laughs> 28 guys. You think, though, there could be a guy that shoots like 83. Like fucking Lee Westwood coming stuck in 98 times. That's what that was. <laughs> and wasn't that? I said 28 rounds over four days. <laughs> not that bad that's so okay. low seven okay. seven a day and our last one this is not a tiebreaker because i think givers up three one no he's up two one it is a tie two breaker. one okay so, so you know what no this will i'll make one more up as i go here okay um <laughs> what was the lowest round of the tournament it was done multiple occasions but what was the lowest score in the four days 67 68 Colin just tied up to two, baby. <laughs> Fist pumping for days. Let's go. <laughs> two under. <laughs> well, plus five one. So I was going to say 69. Is it actually 68, Curry? It was 68, yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. So yeah, you're dialed, on, on, on original rules, I had already won this contest. That's a disclaimer. No. Oh, here we go. How'd you already okay. win? <laughs> no, you know you had to make up more questions. Yeah, no, I didn't. I said <laughs> call on the potential to tie it up. Yeah. This is I love US Open trivia. This or winged foot <laughs> trivia, I should say. Okay. Here's one for you. We're not going for 2006. We're going for the first one ever. And I think it was like I said it was oh. 19 or 29, right? 29. Okay. 29. Thank you. 
Um, Bobby Jones won the 1929 U.S. Open at Wingfoot with the highest fourth round ever recorded in U.S. Open history by a winner. Gibber, get off your phone. I'm not. Cheating. I'm He's cheating. Calculator, dog. He's cheating. Okay, sorry. <laughs> why do you have a calculator? Sorry. sorry. Is, why I'm do you an have a That is bizarre. <laughs> Where are you on your like? How is your calculator going to help you with this score? Is that a scientific calculator? It um, is. It's a text instrument, baby. Uh, so yeah. Uh, final round. What did he shoot to win the U.S. Open at Wingfoot? Seventy-eight. Fuck. That was my number. That was a whole. Give me a second. That was my number. I'll both get it in first. <laughs> I'm going to go 79 because I think he may have shot 80. <laughs> oh, you got it. Yes, let's go. <laughs> what a comeback. Wow. Oh, goodness me. Just wow. that, just more history. That's like, I'm like Phil Mickelson. Hey, go <laughs> well, first of all, it was a great guess, uh, Gibber, but call like just trumped you. Came right over the top. 78 so, was my number if I were to have got guessed oh. first, Gibber. So I'm yeah. like, that's all right. All right. All right. But uh, I was Ricks. That was a lot of fun. But before we sign off, I, I think last episode we mentioned doing a little hat giveaway. Uh, I don't know if we're going to announce the winners right now or we're going to announce the winners on Instagram. Uh, oh, well, shit. the first one already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone already sent me one. I said, yeah, we, yeah, we already got, we already got them. So people okay. on Instagram okay. were messaged. Yeah. But thanks for oh. everyone who, uh, jumped in. If you didn't win a hat, they are for sale. Just DM us. Yeah. And, uh, we will do that a little bit more, maybe during master's week. Who knows? I'm not hundred percent sure, but the reviews and helps and follows or whatever, it, it helps more than you guys think. I would have never thought that yeah. that was the case getting into this um so if you're our friend or you enjoy with anything that we do please uh yeah please leave a rating and maybe a quick little or actually yeah give us a two star if you think we're we're shitty too exactly. but you're probably still not listening unless you like trivia then it's a different story yeah. um a <laughs> couple more housekeeping items uh the masters on saturday and sunday really moved up the times we saw this last year when tiger won on sunday because of weather um but it's really really awkward and it takes away a little bit not having a back nine sunday masters in kind of in the late afternoon watching the sun come down on 16 17 18 uh how do you guys feel about that is alabama football that important or nfl football or would you rather just watch the masters over football I would watch the Masters over football any day of the week. Oh, like, yeah. there's just no questions asked. But does it also not play a factor into it's in November and they got to look at, like, they had to move it up anyway? I think it was just strictly TV it's content. Football. It's TV it's just... stuff. Yeah. I mean, football's huge. Biggest sport in, in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, you got to kind of play around it, unfortunately. I'm going to watch the Masters Sunday all day over the NFL. But mm-hmm. you know what? It just it just favors our boy Eldrick. Maybe I got another dramatic Eldrick pick coming up for the Masters. We'll see how this dramatic, goes. Though. It will that not like be. A, that was the most off the cuff thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening there. Um, Scheffler, rookie of the year. Do you think Morikawa got overlooked? Yes. Bad so pick. do I. I think yeah. I think Morikawa should have won it just because the major championship yeah. and nothing against Scotty Scheffler. Um, but uh, Morikawa was my guy. I was blown away that he wasn't even like the top two on the PGA Tours post. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Ridiculous that he didn't win. He's considered a rookie, is he not? Yes, he should be. I think so too, unless there was like a, yeah. And Did he play last year? I don't know. I think he's a rookie this year. He played in some events last year. I don't think it was like enough to, it doesn't matter. It's not like an NHL thing, eight games or whatever. I don't know the PGA Tour one. Uh, I mean, it felt, you know what that felt like? It felt like the PGA of America picking Justin Thomas as the player of the year. (laughs) 
I, like, I just laugh at that. Like, oh, well, like good for JT, but like, yeah. wait for the player of the year, I guess. Like, yeah. but that but that one PGA one's based off points, so they don't really. It's not like like a pick. I don't think. I think it's just like a a random January generated formula yeah. that just spit out his name and they went with it. But uh, DJ was the player of the year. Shocker. Yeah. Um. But uh, other than that, boys, let's get ready for a U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Everyone, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hit that subscribe button. Like we mentioned, any review, rating, super helps on iTunes. Drop it. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, keep swinging.